The 22nd Senatorial District has traditionally been in Democratic hands. That changed in 2014 when Republican Paul Wieland emerged victorious in a hotly contested state Senate contest. Now Robert Butler is hoping to bring the 22nd District back to the Democratic column. He joins us on the latest edition of Politically Speaking to break down his campaign and why whether he wins or loses matters to statewide candidates such as U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. And I'm Joe Manish. Elections should be about your accomplishments. What have you done to qualify you for the position and why are you qualified to run? I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Lufu's Alfa Romeo, offering test drives of the Alfa Romeo Giulia, the 2018 Motor Trend Car of the Year at Lufu's Alfa Romeo in Fairview Heights. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Filling in for Joe Manis today is... Abigail Sensky. And our special guest coming all the way from beautiful Jefferson County... Bob Butler. Running in the 22nd Senatorial District race... The, the contest that I like to affectionately call the Battle for Jeffco, part two. Uh, we had Senator Whelan record a show a couple days ago. We're going to be releasing these shows basically one day after each other. So this is a situation where neither candidate heard what each other had to say. Um, they're, they're, they're operating in total ignorance of each other, which is just the way we like it here on Politically Speaking. So th- you're not a first-time candidate, but you're running in probably the most competitive state Senate district in the St. Louis area, kind of by default, and possibly the entire state. So we want to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're interested in politics, and what got you to run in this race. All right. Well, uh, Bob Butler is my name, as I said. I'm married. I've been married to my wife for 28 years. I have four children. Um, I've always been pretty involved with my community. Uh, We moved to Jefferson County. My wife and I chose to move to Jefferson County 22 years ago because we love the area. Uh, She had family in the area. We liked the area. We moved down there. I've always been involved with my church and also uh, also involved politically with the Democratic Party over the years. Um, ran two, two, two terms in a row for a state representative down there. Um, I'm concerned with, with the direction of the state, I'm concerned with what's going on in Jefferson County. I feel that Jefferson County is being left behind in some areas. I feel we don't have the right representation down in Jefferson County. Uh, I like to tell the story that the reason I decided to run this time was Really, when my wife kind of stepped in and said, you know, you need to do this. Uh, this is an important race. Uh, you have a lot to offer down here. And, you know, I'm behind you and we need to get you involved. And to give some context, the 22nd District was a Democratic seat for historically a pretty long time. There was a period in the mid 2000s where a Republican uh, represented it for a relatively brief period. That was Bill Alter after a kind of a wacky special election situation. But, but mainly it's been a Democratic seat up until 2014 when Paul Whelan beat Jeff Rorta in one of the more expensive and competitive races. Um, there has been a feeling that Jefferson County has become more Republican than it was 20 or 30 years ago. Um, but it still has a very rich Democratic history and I think a lot of Democratic-leaning voters. When you're going door to door, 
What do you feel is the mood of the electorate in Jefferson County toward your campaign, toward Democrats and, you know, toward Republicans right now? I think they're very open to Democrats right now. I think one of the biggest issues that you saw that Prop A was defeated by 78 percent down in Jefferson County. It's a very strong labor county. Uh, when I go door to door, people are concerned about health care. They're concerned about you know, working families issues. Uh, they're worried about things like minimum wage. Uh, and they're very open to Democratic ideas. They're frustrated. They see the Republican Party, especially in the state, not being responsive to those issues. Uh, so I feel very strongly going door to door. We've hit over 30,000 doors in our, in our in our campaign. So we feel really strong about that. And um, you know, the, the the response has been great, and there's a frustration level with, with the Republicans. You know, you talk about Jefferson County, and historically it has been Democrat. This is the seat of Jay Nixon, uh, Bill McKenna, who are two of the more well-known uh, Democrats down in that area, and this is a seat that I really think is going to return uh, back to the Democratic Party. Uh, I think that Mike Revis rates, that state representative race we saw down in Jefferson County, that's sort of a return to the norm of the numbers that we used to see in Jefferson County. And I think it's a real indicator of, of, of the feeling of Jefferson County. It's better than any poll we've got. I'm interested that you brought up uh, Representative Mike Revis. I know labor rights played maybe an outside role in his flipping of the 97th district from red to blue in the February special election. Do you think now that Missouri has voted no on Prop A that labor will still be an important issue in your district in this election this November? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Mike's opponent has come out in favor of right to work. And I think labor and, you know, in, in my race, Paul Whelan has been less than great on labor. He's voted against labor issues five times since 2016. And labor recognizes the job is not done. Uh, this is the legislature that brought them right to work. And Mike did flip it. That was an indication, in my opinion, of, of, of frustration with labor. And I think that Mike will win again because his opponent has come out in favor of right to work and said that she would support right to work if she brought it back. So I, again, yes, I think it will be a big factor in this election. I do want you to touch on your differences on labor issues that with your Republican opponent, Paul Whelan. He may point to the fact that he voted against right to work multiple times and other anti-labor things. How would you respond to that? And how do you feel like you would be a better representative for many people in organized labor in the Missouri Senate than him. Sure. Paul Paul has voted against what I refer to as some of the sexier issues in labor. He's voted against right to work. But he voted he voted for paycheck protection, which is essentially uh, a public employee's form of, of right to work. He voted against minimum wage. Um, he's voted uh, he's voted to cut uh, higher standards in, in uh in terms of expert witnesses and in cases uh, involving injured workers. Uh, he's voted a number of issues that have been really contrary to working families. In my opinion, he's also gone along with budgets that have essentially stripped away uh, the, and the prevailing wage laws, the, the ability to enforce those laws. These are big differences that we have in terms of these are issues that affect uh, working families. And I think labor recognizes that, you know, Labor sees him as having voted against them five times in the last two years. So I'm not going to vote against labor five times in, in a period of two years. I can assure you of that because that is a fundamental issue of why, why I'm running. And to take it a step further, one of the benefits of being in the Missouri Senate is you can use the, the force of your own voice sometimes and, you're, and sometimes like putting your legitimately your body on the line to filibuster for hours and hours and hours at a time. We, we just had an election in St. Louis City where Carla May is replacing Jake Hummel. And I could see her, because she's a member of organized labor, and so is Jake Hummel as well, um, 
really holding the floor for hours and indefinitely if another anti-labor thing comes up. How would you, what would be your posture toward this? Would you try to try to kill these types of things with a filibuster or would you try to negotiate with Republicans to try to make it go away? Like what's going to be your mentality when that happens? My mentality is going to be to stand on the floor for as many hours as I can stand uh, to stop these types of issues. Uh, that's why my race is so important. If we get 12 Democrats in the House, we don't have to flip any Republicans to be able to at least filibuster, at least have a seat at the table. And for us to be able to do that as Democrats, this is a seat that's critical for that. We have 10 Democratic state senators right now. There's really only a few competitive states or seats in the, in the entire state, and this is one of them. And if the Democrats are going to have a voice at the table, particularly for labor, this is going to be one of the seats that we have to win. And I am committed, and I'm committed to the people that I've talked to that I will stand for as many hours as I can on the floor to object to and to try to prevent things like right to work from coming back. And where do you stand on increasing the minimum wage in Jefferson County or Missouri? Minimum wage is, is, in, it is something that really affects people in Jefferson County. Uh, we are a uh, working class uh, community and uh, an increase in the minimum wage would really help the people in our community to be able to make a living, make a living wage. Um, and and I, I really strongly advocate that, you know, we are actually, by not paying people living wages, pulling money out of our community by allowing companies to come in and pay a less than living wage, and then our community is having to dedicate dollars to help support the people in our community that aren't making a living wage. So by paying them a living wage, we're able to redirect those funds towards other areas uh, in our community. And so I'm very much in favor of living uh, uh, minimum wage, and I think it's something the people in Jefferson County feel very strongly about. The campaign committee that is trying to raise the minimum wage has taken millions of dollars from 501c4 groups from Washington, D.C. that have refused to say who's funding them, including the 1630 fund, which is funding a lot of Democratic issues and causes. I understand that Democrats support raising the minimum wage, and they're not necessarily going to say, well, I'm not going to support this policy outcome because the funding source is murky. Mm -hmm. But given the fact that Democrats have made, quote unquote, dark money a really big issue, does is there any concern about the fact that the funding source for that particular initiative isn't that well known right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the dark money is an issue that I have concerns with, um, wherever it comes from and for wherever the issue is. Um, again, I think it's something we need to get out of politics at all. We need to know where the funding and where that money's coming from. Um, but again, as, as you stated, this is an issue that I think um, I, I am supportive of the issue. I want to see it pass. I think it, it directly affects many people in Jefferson County, and it's something that we need to we need to pass. What's your take on the gas tax hike, which I think could also affect Jefferson County quite a bit because it could bring more transportation funding for a fast-growing area like Jefferson County? Okay. I, I want to try to be clear on this. I am supporting the gas tax mm -hmm. uh, in this particular instance because our roads and infrastructure are crumbling, and we are in dire need of immediate changes to, to fund that and to fix the roads. But I'd also like to say, as a general policy, I think gas taxes are a, a, bad, idea, a bad idea. Um, we are in a situation where you are putting the burden on people who depend on using gasoline in their jobs to fix the roads. And, and I, I, we, have, we have a consistent revenue drain 
that has been brought on by the Republican legislature in which they've given tax breaks to the richest Missourians and business and corporations. They've given tax breaks up to 40% in the last legislative session alone. And now they're shifting the burden of that revenue to a gas tax to fix, fix our infrastructure, which we have to have. That's just the wrong direction. It's not sustainable. And so as a general policy, I'm, I'm, I'm against these sort of gas taxes. And I'm wondering about infrastructure in particular. I know 75% of the workforce that lives in Jefferson County actually commutes out of Jefferson County to work. What in your mind would you do if elected to address that? And would that involve infrastructure plans, economic growth in Jefferson County? Yeah, we need to promote economic growth. There's a couple things that impact that. One, we have to promote business development in Jefferson County. Infrastructure is a big part of that. Another part of that is is just uh, that I consider sort of part of infrastructure is broadband. Um, where I live, I, I have very poor broadband connection. I have none. And that's an issue that affects parts of Jefferson County. Uh, there's a lot of people in Jefferson County, for example, and this, in terms of affecting business, maybe doesn't have a big play, but it's something that I think reflects on on the limitations that we have, you can't get cable TV in a lot of places in Jefferson County. So we need some real infrastructure development. We need to draw more businesses there. Um, we, when you want to talk about um, health care, Jefferson County is a primary where we could we could benefit from health care expansion. We don't have it down there. Um, we have a hospital down there that would benefit from that, that would be job creators. When you say health care expansion, you mean Medicaid expansion. I want to make that clear. Is that is that what you mean? Yes, I do. And I mean, it, 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 it's been, it for us, it's been an issue in Jefferson County that we have, again, it's that's an issue that affects a lot of people. We've, we've allowed a donut hole to create be created in, in Jefferson and in, in the state where, you know, people make um, too much money to get any sort of assistance, but they don't make enough to get to the exchanges. And that's an issue that a lot of people in Jefferson County are confronted with. And that means they have to go somewhere else to try to get their health care. I mean, they're, they're having trouble getting there. They can't get adequate health care. Um, that's a that's an income generator. I think it's one of the most outrageous things that our legislature has done. We've turned away a billion of billion dollars taxes that we paid in that have gone to other states because we refuse to get involved with this, you know, Medicaid expansion. We should have done this years ago. It's been a huge waste of money that we haven't done it. It's bad for business. It's bad for Jefferson County. It's bad for the residents of Jefferson County. And in your opinion, is health care something that will drive Jefferson Countyans to the polls this November? Is that that big of an issue for them? I've had that. I've had a lot of people tell me that health care is, is, is a big concern of theirs. Um, and that's one of the reasons they that they are voting. And they've asked me specifically what our position is. And, and I've explained what we just talked about. And, and they understand that and they recognize that's the problem. Well, let's talk about another issue in the healthcare realm, and that's abortion rights. You were one of few Democrats who were supported in the primary by Missouri Right to Life. And by supported, I mean endorsed. So obviously, there's been kind of an internal amount of friction within the Missouri Democratic Party about being welcoming to Democratic candidates who oppose abortion rights to various degrees. So my, I want you to lay out what your views are on that issue and whether the internal schism that I mentioned is going to have any effect, because it's clearly going to be an issue you're going to have to vote on in the Missouri Senate, because every other year there's another abortion restriction. So I'd like you to take, use this opportunity to explain your view on that issue. Sure. I mean, again, I think abortion is a deeply personal you know, choice that people make, a deeply personal view or uh, moral decision that you have to make. Um, I am generally against abortion. 
Uh, I don't make any bones about that. I am very different than than Senator Wieland on this issue, however. Um, I don't support efforts to defund Planned Parenthood. I, I think uh, contraception should be uh, accessible to people of all socioeconomic backgrounds. They should be able to have access to birth control. I think we need to get the root of the problem and, and, and look at the situation in terms of how we can try to make women not have to make that quite frankly, difficult choice. Um, that's that's what my position on that. So uh, I deeply disagree with Paul Wieland on it. But again, generally speaking, I am um, against how will I deal with it in, in, this, in the House? I've said it before. In the Senate. In the Senate, I'm sorry. How will I deal with it in the Senate is, um, I've said it before, if we, have, if we have an opinion that comes up that talks about, um, you know, banning, you know, preventing abortion from, from being uh, legal in Missouri from the standpoint of, being legally accessible, I would, you know, or overturning Roe versus Wade, I would have to vote for that because that's what my position has been. Um, I'm not for these trap legislations of making hallways bigger, doorways bigger. Um, I think that doesn't promote the health of women. Uh, we're talking about tr- promoting women's health. Women's health is an important issue to us. So I think if you're going to confront that issue in the legislature, you have to confront it and be honest and open and confront it straight on as opposed to trying to do this trap legislation. When you go to the doors, is this an issue that Jefferson County voters talk to you about a lot? Because there is kind of this feeling when you talk about, say, St. Charles and Jefferson County in broad terms, that the voters may be pro-union, they may be inclined to vote for Democratic candidates, but they often vote for candidates of both parties that oppose abortion rights and oppose gun control. Are you actually hearing that from actual people when when you talk with them? I would say that probably the two issues that I hear about the most are abortion and gun rights. Uh, less so gun rights, actually, this time, but I still get abortion a lot. I get that, that question a lot. It is a very important issue in Jefferson County. I wanted to make clear on that, that we're not just talking about this in a vacuum. Another ballot initiative that's going to be on, it's actually three, is medical marijuana. Without having you detail your positions on all three initiatives, because they're different and some of them are a little bit wackier than others, what's your general feeling about uh, legalizing marijuana for medicinal use? I I think it should be legalized for medicinal use. I think there's a lot of statistics and studies that show that it, it has a lot of benefits, and I absolutely support it. And I think the people of Jefferson County support it as well. Breaking away from the ballot issues for a second, I know that you mentioned education is also on the minds of many Jefferson Countyans. What are they talking about when they're talking to you about education? Well, they recognize that the funding for education has been repeatedly reduced. I mean, you know, in the last legislature, they changed the the school foundation formula to finally, they, they, they essentially changed the goalpost. They moved the goalpost to make it look like they were fully funding the foundation formula, which they hadn't funded for years. But then they turned around and they they reduced the transportation bill. Um, the cost of busing in Jefferson County is particularly problematic because we have a lot of, you know, rural area roads. And it, and it, it, it's a, when you reduce the transportation cost, you're taking money directly out of the classroom. People in Jefferson County recognize that. People in Jefferson County also recognize that Senator Wheeland has consistently voted against school funding. He voted to reduce the transportation cost, and they're upset about that. Um, I get that a lot. People recognize that education um, and our school funding has negatively impacted Jefferson County. And, you know, school, public schools are the second biggest job creator in our, in our district, 
Uh, it also, I, I would like to say, the public schools represent who we are as a county. It represents our community values. We should be proud of our public schools, and we should be supporting them. What about higher education? Because there is a community college in Jefferson County. I think it's in the 22nd District. And when there was a budgetary downturn in 2017, the item that got hit probably the hardest was colleges and universities. I think they actually faced an actual percentage cut um, that, that, that varied in severity depending on the institution. What would you do on that particular issue, especially if there is a budgetary downturn and there really aren't a lot of areas to cut besides higher education, K through 12, corrections, other things like that? Again, I think, I think if we're going to build infrastructure and make Missouri competitive, education at K through 12, as well as junior colleges and also, you know, our university systems. These are representatives of our, of our state, and we have to make our kids going through school. We need to have them be ready to enter the workforce. Um, and I think it's an investment in our future, and I think it's got to be one of our absolute priorities. So I'm going to be very resistant to reducing funding for education at, at, at either K through 12 or at, at higher levels. And I wanted to pivot a little bit. I know Jefferson County is an important county for statewide races as well. When you're talking to voters on their doorsteps, are they talking about our state Senate race here or our Senate race here? Uh, occasionally, I get to talk. I mean, are they talking about state senate? I'm sorry, U- U.S. US senate, senate. Right. U.S. Senate okay. between McCaskill and, and yeah, Josh Holly. So, yeah, I, I do get occasional questions. I mean, you know, Claire and I are part of a coordinated campaign in Jefferson County, um, and we we do uh, hit doors at the same time and work together. But we deal with different issues. Um, so, people, you, uh, quite quite a few times when I'm talking to voters on the door, they bring up Claire McCaskill. Um, but I, I will say, Claire deals with issues at a federal level. I deal with local issues. Um, so when I'm talking to voters, I don't really talk to them about Claire. If they mention it, I say that's fine. But Claire's talking about Washington D.C. I'm talking about Jefferson County, um, and so we, I kind of pivot to those discussions about what we do locally. I don't really get that Claire question that often. Once in a while, um, maybe one in twenty. Hmm. Well, I, I think the reason why at least uh, very involved political people like myself and Abigail bring that question up is if you look at statewide races over the past few cycles, the winners of those statewide races have almost always won Jefferson County. So like in 2012, when people like Jason Kander, Jane Nixon, Claire McCaskill, Clint Zweifel won, I think all of them won Jefferson County. Conversely, in 2016, let's look at that Kander-Blunt race. Kander did much better than most Democrats on the ballot, but he lost Jefferson County. He lost places like Lincoln County as well, which often go Democratic. And I, I, I mean, even if you ask Claire McCaskill, I don't think she sees a road to victory without at least tying or winning places like Jefferson County. So how important do you think it is for down-ballot candidates like yourself and the Democrats who are running in state representative races to do as well as possible to help people like Claire McCaskill? I understand you guys are running different races, but I think that it doesn't seem to hurt if you have strong a strong Democratic undercard in this county as well. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear your take on that. No, and I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I absolutely think that, that, that Claire McCaskill voters are going to help me. I think I'm going to help bring out Claire McCaskill voters. I think, I think it was an overall plan as a Democratic 
you know, being a Democrat and being part of the Democratic Central Committee, we want to fill those seats. We want to fill them because we do see the importance of that. Um, you know, that was a factor in, in making sure we had a Democratic senatorial candidate. Um, I wanted to protect the people down ballot as well as, you know, but we were also contributing to, to what to Claire's overall. That we, Claire needs to win this district. But we need to win the Senate district, too. And that Senate district is also dependent on those House districts. Um, as I said, we have a seat at the table. Democrats can pick up two Senate seats. I do think it's all going to have an impact. I think it's important. That's why it's important we do a coordinated campaign. We want to make sure we get Democratic voters out in Jefferson County, and I think it's critical for us to win it. Let's talk about your particular race with Senator Wheeland. It's far different from 2014. We're kind of talking about this offline. Back in 2014, there were no campaign donation limits. So both Wheeland and Jeff Rorta raised well over a million dollars each and ran TV ads. The, and, Wheeland, and Wheeland actually said this on our show. The, they were at, the 22nd district race in 2014 was actually one of the premier races in the entire state because the state auditor's race was a complete dud. There was no Democratic candidate. And um, so... That's the reason why you saw a lot of TV ads in that particular race and why there's a lot of money flowing into that race. This time around, as much as I love covering this race, it's clearly not the top race in the state, the U.S. Senate race is, and maybe even some of these ballot initiatives that we've talked about are going to get more attention and more airtime. And also, I've looked at both of your campaign finance reports. You, you, I don't think either one of you has raised a million dollars on your own, but you clearly have raised enough money to be competitive, I'm sure you would want a lot more. How, how, how does this race stack up compared to 2014? How are you a different candidate than someone like Jeff Rorda, who was very like well-regarded on the outset, but ended up losing in a Republican wave election? Well, you know, Jeff does, Jeff's is a different guy than me completely. Uh, I mean, Jeff uh, certainly has had sort of had a platform that, that I'm never going to have. You're not going to get to see me on CNN. Um, He's probably the, 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 I've never seen a failed Senate candidate get so much national attention than Jeff Florida. And I say that with a smile on my face because I've known Jeff Florida for over a decade and I like him personally, but continue. Yeah. So, I mean, and it is, it's a, it's a completely different race for what you said because of the financing. Um, I knew from the beginning that I wasn't going to raise a million dollars. Um, and I, so we, we completely directed our campaign in a different direction than Jeff did. Uh, to be honest, if you talk to Jeff, one of the things he'd probably tell you is, I wish I hadn't spent as much money on TV as I did. Um, we, we, we didn't really make that as a big, you know, we, we had planned from the beginning to do a robust ground campaign and go direct, do a direct contact with voters. That's why we feel very strongly about our race, because that's what we've done. It's also different. You're right. The campaign finance has changed a lot. I think you're going to see things that we as candidates don't even know what's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be a lot of independent expenditures in this race. I was just going to say, and we talked about this with Senator Whelan, I think one of the unfortunate byproducts of Amendment 2 is it basically incentivized large donations to flow to these PACs and maybe 501c4s um, that can raise and spend as much money as they want. Um, and it's really actually quite easy for candidates to tell a big donor like, hey, don't donate to me, donate to this PAC. And I think one of the things that people need to realize, like Clean Missouri is on the ballot. It does have campaign finance changes to them, but it really doesn't fix a lot of the independent expenditure issues that we're probably going to see in this race. So using this as kind of, again, going back into issues, if you're elected, would you want the legislature to deal with some of the 
outside money and the outside expenditures that we're likely going to see in this contest? Or do you think it's just a difficult thing to do because of, you know, Citizens United and the difficulties of regulating outside speech? I think we got to take a shot at doing it. Um, I think that outside money and unknown expenditures by these unknown outside out-of-state, you know, PACs and groups, I think it undermines citizens' faith in their elected officials. Um, I, I use this reference again. I know this doesn't really apply because it's, it's, it's two years ago, or it was before the camp Amendment 2. But, you know, in, in Jefferson County, we had a candidate that was essentially funded by somebody in Joplin, Missouri, uh, gave him, you know, $175,000 in a state representative race. How can the people of Jefferson County feel like they have a voice in Jefferson County when somebody from Joplin, Missouri is... 75, 80% of the donations to this guy's campaign. Um, and, and I think people see that and feel like we don't have a voice. They're not representing us. They're representing these outside interests. So we need to take aim at trying to level the playing field so that people feel like their representatives are responsive to their district. So I absolutely think this is something we need to take on. And if elected, what would some of your other legislative priorities be at the outset? Once you arrive in Jefferson City, I mean, I think you know we've talked about some of these legit. Primarily, what I would like to see us do is really shift um, the emphasis in Jefferson City back to working families. There have been too many, um, I, I, what I like to refer to as revenue drains. You know, we these these tax bills that come in and and reduce the amount of revenue that we have in the state. I want to see us do things that we're making, like minimum wage. Um, you, you now, I mean, that's a ballot initiative, but but issues along those lines. I want to emphasize education. Um, we need to get um, money back into our classrooms uh, because that again, I see that not only is an investment in our future, it's it is a um, it, it is an investment in our community. Uh, you know, it affects our property values. Um, and again, uh, I have watched the you know, two-thirds majority Republican supermajority over the last year. It's just run over working people and the rights um, in terms of taking rights away from them, you know, uh, reducing workers' compensation benefits, reducing, you know, whistleblower statutes uh, or, or penalties, things along those lines where a lot of people don't recognize that they're even getting taken away. I want to see us put an emphasis on protecting working families. My goal in Jefferson City is to do two things. One, it is to represent uh, working families and just try to make things a little easier for people who are working paycheck to paycheck. We can't solve all their problems, but if we could just make it a little easier, that would be a big benefit. Two, I'm going to be in the minority in Jefferson City. How much legislative efforts I'm going to have and success I'm going to have may be a little limited. But so I look at it from this perspective. I have to be a spokesman for Jefferson, for Jefferson County and I have to be a leader in Jefferson County. We've had local issues in Jefferson County, which I feel like we have no leadership. You know, we talk about the Hillsborough Mine. Where were our state representatives down there in talking to the people around Lake Tishomingo? That was a big issue to those people, and they don't feel like they were represented. Our representatives should be down in those areas. They should be talking to those people, even if they can't necessarily pass legislation or have an impact on what the, you know, what the, the county council votes on. They're leaders in that community, and they should be talking to the business owners and the people that are looking to sell that property and the people who are looking in, in that area, and they should be active members of that discussion. And that's what I think that my role, that I want to see my role as a state senator be. How, how much do you think you could work with someone like Governor Mike Parson, who's... who's I mean, 
a few months ago, we were in the Eric Greitens era, obviously a big scandal. Obviously, he's gone. But even before that scandal, the current incumbent had a difficult time working with him. And I think that there's like a, a feeling, even among Democrats, that Parson is more open-minded to, to sizable issues than his predecessor. I mean, you're, you're an outside observer here, but like, what, how do you think you would be able to work with someone like Parson, given that he would have a big influence on passing or, or, or vetoing legislation? I, I mean, I think, uh, again, comparative to our previous governor, he's going to be better. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, from my perspective as a Democrat, it's important for us as we talked about before, to get at least 12 Democratic state senators so we have that voice that's stable. We can go and talk to the governor, and I think he's going to be somebody who we can talk to, but we've got to be able to have a seat at the table before we can do so. If we go up there with super majorities in the House and Senate, I think it's going to be difficult to deal with because he doesn't have to listen to Democrats. That's why I think this seat is so important, so important because we have to be able to have a seat at the table. That was going to be my last question. If you were to win this seat and bring it back into the Democratic fold, what message do you think it would send, not only statewide, but for Jefferson County and its residents? Well, one of the messages for Jefferson County is I think it it, it, it it tells the state that Jefferson County is still a purple area. It's not red. Some people have, I think it's a myth. Some people think we're a red district. I think it sends that message that we're still here. And I think that we become much more important in the state because I think people recognize we are now the county that gives some balance back in Jefferson City. And so I think we become much more of an insider from that standpoint. In other words, we have a bigger seat at the table um, because people recognize that we need Jefferson County. Democrats need Jefferson County if we're going to be able to keep balance in the state. We want to thank you so much for coming in and talking about your campaign. If uh, people want to find out more about your campaign or follow you on social media, how would they do that? Uh, we have a webpage, followforsenate.com. You can go there. That's all. That's all good. And how would people follow you on Twitter, Abigail? At Abigail Sensky. Sensky is C-E-N-S-K-Y. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Until next time, so long. One. One, two. Check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as it's here, then we might as well shine together. Better now than never, business before pleasure. P. Diddy and the fam, who you know do it better. Yeah, right, no matter what, be airtight. Sponsored by Lou Fuse Alfa Romeo of Metro East.